Hey there, everybody. This is Tim Blankenship with Divorce661.com, and thank you for joining us for our live uh, webinar today. We'll be going over a lot of questions that came in over the week, uh, questions that came up about the divorce process. Uh, I think we have nine different topics to go over. We will also be answering your questions live. So people have asked, um, you know, why are, why are we doing this? And we obviously are a for-profit business. We've been doing this for 10 years, but we also know there's a lot of people that have used our resources on YouTube to complete their entire divorce process, get through the entire process. We do have a, a video on just about every document to complete your divorce from an amicable standpoint, uh, keep in mind. And we've had people say, thanks, Tim. Um, we've finished our entire divorce using your Divorce uh, YouTube videos, uh, tutorials, which is great. Uh, we understand not everyone has the finances to hire us for our service, but we are here for that purpose. If you prefer to kind of move to the front of the line and get our uh, help, we do have clients every day retain us so we can finalize their paperwork, start their case from scratch, et cetera. Uh, but why we're doing this is just to get some free assistance out there. We're going to be talking later about the problems with the self-help center, at least with Los Angeles County clients reporting to us that um, they are uh, long hold times up to an hour and then literally being uh, literally being hung up on. So just want to give you, you know, different options here. If this catches on, we're trying to do this a couple times a week and go over um, you know, your questions about the forms, about the documents, if you're stuck, if you're having your judgment rejected and things of that nature, we can, uh, you can use the chat. So answer, ask your questions uh, in the chat box and I will go over and answer your questions as best as I can. So let's get into the first question. And again, uh, if you're just joining us, this is a live Q&A. If you're have questions about the divorce process, you're stuck on the paperwork, you're somewhere uh, that you, uh, you need assistance, I'll be happy to help. We're not giving legal advice. We're, our license uh, prevents us from doing that. Uh, however, uh, forms questions, your judgment's rejected, you, you've, you've been working on your case for three and a half years. We just had someone hire us that was did their divorce uh, amicable, no kids, no assets, no nothing, and three and a half years, and the paperwork is a mess. It's not their fault. It's a tricky process, um, but yeah, we uh, be happy to help you kind of get through some sticking points if you're trying to do your own divorce. And again, we do offer a full service divorce solution if you just want to, again, get to the front of the line and have us take care of it for you. So I'm going to just go over one of the first questions that came in um, this week. And it was more of a complaint than a question. And, and what they, they emailed me and said, so I have an easy divorce, no assets, no debts or children, but I can't finalize my divorce. This is someone who's been working on their, different than the one that's been working on their case for three and a half years, but similar circumstance. If it doesn't get simpler, 
than having no assets, no debts, no kids, no alimony, short-term marriage, right? There's there's nothing you need to include. There's no assets being listed. So it should be the simplest process, but we have clients that will retain us after trying to do their case for a year or in this other circumstance, uh, three and a half years before hiring us to take over them because it can get very tricky even when it is on the simple side of things. So the comment I like to make when people say, oh, I have a simple divorce, I have, you know, they fall into this category here. I'll tell them there really no is no such thing as a simple divorce. So if you think you have a simple divorce, it really isn't because it is tricky. You're talking about a court of law. If you miss one checkbox on a form, if you misspell one name or on one document you don't include, it causes your judgment to get rejected. And for those of us, uh, those of you that are just now joining us, if you have questions, please put them into the chat box, whether you're joining us on uh, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, your messages uh, on the comments, you can uh, enter those in and I will get those and I will I will answer those questions if we're able to. All right, let's get to the next question that came up. How do you change terms of your agreement once the divorce is finalized? Okay, so why would you want to do this? Let's say that your divorce is finalized, your judgment's been submitted, and it's been any period of time from you know a month to 20 years later, you want to change some terms. And some of the things that would come up is, let's say you had an agreement for spousal support for a certain amount, and then you wanted to modify that up or down or terminate it altogether. Just about anything that in your in your judgment from your divorce can be modified, and and doing it by agreement is what we're talking about here. How do you modify your judgment that's finalized? How do you modify some term of your agreement um, amicably? So we're talking about not going to court. So the way that works is this is done via a stipulation. Stipulation just means agreement, and we do a lot of these every month, and the. Stipulation will simply say that the parties agree to modify the judgment and, and then we indicate what that is. If it's reducing the spouse support or terminating, if it's changing custody or um, child support, literally anything. We've done them for folks who had originally said they're going to divide their pensions and then they decided not to and they wanted to change that up. We've had people say they were going to sell the house and then they decided one party was going to do a buyout. All of this is easily modifiable in what's called a stipulation. And the nice thing about it is we usually get these done in a couple of hours or a day. We draft this. It usually turns out to be about a four or five page uh, stipulation because there's a, a, a whole bunch of legalese that's thrown into it. But all we're really, the, the important part of it is what that modification or change is. So if you guys agree to the change, it's a very simple process. We draft the stipulation. You guys sign it. Um, we file with the court, usually comes with a $20 fee and takes whatever time your particular court takes to uh, approve that. We did a few this week. Uh, one was San Diego County. It was an older case, about 15-year-old case, so we weren't able to e-file it, although um, San Diego County normally allows for e-filing, but this, was, this uh, older case was not in the system for e-file, so that's going to take us two or three months to get back to get that signed stipulation, which then will modify your judgment. But for like LA County, we get those back in about a week. Um, it just depends on your county how uh, fast we can submit that. And with LA County, because we can e-file everything, uh, they get processed much faster. So by agreement, you can modify through a stipulation. It's very simple. 
Now, if it's not amicable, um, then you're talking about having to go to court. We don't handle cases that aren't amicable. We don't handle anything that enters the court system in that way. It is called a request for order is how you would do that. You basically file a motion with the court and you would get a hearing. You explain what you want. Your, your ex will explain what they want. And then the judge makes the decision. It's a whole different process. Two months probably until you're in court for something like that. But, but via stipulation, it's a very simple process on our end. Keep in mind, we get a lot of requests for folks who want to modify their judgment. And the first thing I'll tell you is, or I'll ask them, is it something that you really need a new court order for? For instance, if something simple, like you're going to sell the house, but now one party is going to buy the other party out, you don't need that to be an official amended modified court order. So, and the reason I tell folks that is maybe it's better to save your money because we charge a fee, obviously, for doing this. Um, I'll try and find a way to say, hey, look, do you really need this as a court order? Because we're going to charge you, you know, our fee. Uh, I don't think, and I'll tell them, I don't think you need this as an official court order, but I'd be happy to take care of it for you. But some things you may want to document and make a new court order is when you're reducing spouse support or modifying it or terminating it. Same for the child support. Uh, maybe even for custody, if you want that in writing, um, you know, we can do a change of uh, custody uh, in there as well. Okay, the next question that came in was, how do you terminate spouse support on a long-term marriage? So this came in as a question via email. Then let me back up and explain why this is an issue. In the state of California, as it pertains to the court's jurisdiction over the issue of spousal support for long-term marriages, and that's anything over 10 years, the, the, the default is that the court will maintain or retain jurisdiction indefinitely. Doesn't mean you have to pay spouse support, just means that that ability for one of you to petition the court for spouse support remains indefinitely. So you could go back 10 years later, technically, and um, ask for support. Doesn't mean you'll get it, but just that that jurisdiction on behalf of the court is there to make future determinations should the need arise and so forth. But many of our clients in marriages of long duration, over 10 years again, want to terminate spouse support. Maybe they both work, they make about the same money, whatever the case might be. So they will terminate, uh, they want to terminate spouse support. They don't want to ever have to pay spouse support, you know, nor do they want, uh, you know, both spouses do not want to have spouse support an issue uh, to receive or pay at any time in the future. And so in doing so, you can, um, in your judgment, by by, by agreement, we have to add some additional language. And that's what I'm referring to here in this marriage of Vomaka. It's kind of the legalese, if you will, to uh, that you have to sign off on to agree to terminate the court's jurisdiction over the issue of spouse support, despite it being the default and the law for the court to maintain it for any marriages over 10 years. And it's a very popular option with our clients. And I can show you what that language looks like. And if you have done your own divorce, or you're, you're in the middle of trying to do your own divorce and you guys want to terminate spouse support on a long-term marriage, if you do not include this language, your judgment will be rejected. And the interesting thing about that is the court will not say here, you need to include this specific language. You would never know what it is. Uh, what they do is they say, uh, you cannot terminate uh, spouse support in marriages of long duration um, unless you include the necessary waiver language. In, and then they'll say in Rhea, 
uh, marriage of Vomaka, as you see streaming on the bottom of the form here. So what that's referring to is, and I, I made a PDF of this, and maybe what I'll try and do is uh, include this as a link in the description. Um, they're trying to do their own divorce, but they are um, getting their judgment rejected for this specific issue. And, and you would never know that this is the language. So it's essentially um, the way we have it PDF is there's, you see all this uh, language here that says um, as far as the waiver is concerned. And here it says the marriage have been, in, <clears throat> sorry, the parties have been informed that in marriages of long duration, sorry, I need to take a quick sip of water here. Excuse me. The parties have been informed that in marriage of long duration, the court would ordinarily retain jurisdiction or spouse support. In case. So that's what I'm talking about. And then there's this waiver <clears throat> that we have, you guys, initial. And then this gets included in your, uh, as part of your overall settlement agreement. And that's all it is. It's just a, a basic waiver saying, yeah, we know that the court would normally retain jurisdiction over spouse support, but we are asking for it to be waived and here's the proper language and then you guys initial it and then you are good to go. So I'll, if I remember, I'll try and stick this PDF into the, uh, the comments. So a quick success story, I kind of mentioned at the outset of this conversation that uh, we had a, a client, it wasn't the client actually, just someone who had watched our YouTube videos. And he just wanted to say thanks that, hey, I completed my entire divorce using your YouTube videos. So. Again, while we are a, a paid uh, for-profit service, obviously, been doing this for 10 years, um, we have, over the course of 10 years, uh, I think we now have over almost 1,600 videos on YouTube. I give a lot of free information, kind of like I am here, um, doing these live uh, webinars. So I've recorded a video on how to do every single form, and I usually do them every, uh, you know, continuously, obviously, but every year, um, you know, the forms change and so forth. So I'll do updates to that. So they're not in any obviously particular order when you're digging around through our channel, looking for the videos, but they are all there. If you, that is, if you have the time uh, to commit to digging up those videos in our YouTube channel, um, we're happy for you. And we get, we do get people emailing us saying, thanks, we uh, finalized our divorce and uh, using all your free videos, which is fine. Not everyone's going to be our client. Not everyone has the financial resources to do that. Um, we are plenty busy. The folks that find us in, in doing this, some will say, you know, we were going to do it ourselves, but now we see that, um, you know, we can have you, we can hire you and you guys can do it and have it done very quickly. Okay. So another question came in is, can you file your divorce paperwork electronically? So this didn't come in as much as a question as it was in a consultation. We were talking with someone and advising how in LA County and in most courts at a minimum, you can file your initial summons and petition with the court, at least to initiate your, your case. And you can do that by, you know, just do a Google search for um, California divorce online service providers, uh, online filing service providers or electronic filing service providers, et cetera. And there's probably 60, 70 different companies uh, that you can do that through. LA County specifically, uh, you can file your entire, every single document, including your judgment now electronically with the court, including having electronic signatures and electronic notaries. Talked about that in last week's show. But yeah, I've, uh, I definitely recommend that you 
use the electronic filing service, even if you're doing the divorce yourself, because we are seeing people who are mail filing their judgments and <clears throat> mail filing still their judgments. And excuse me. <clears throat> people are mail filing their judgments. <clears throat> I did a, a live stream this morning for about an hour and a half. So I think my voice is getting a little scratchy. <clears throat> but um, as far as e-filing in LA County, you can file your entire case up, including your judgment. And the, the reason I recommend you do this is people that are still mailing in their judgments, like to downtown court central, they are still seeing three and four month review and approval times. Whereas we are getting our judgments reviewed and approved in one to two weeks. So definitely recommend that you do the online, um, electronic filing. Okay, so next question came in. How do you change your address with the court after you've submitted the judgment, but before it's been approved? So this came up because we had a client who hired us to do their divorce, and they're in a county that we had to prep by uh, actual copies and mail in. They did not allow for electronic filing of the judgment. And we Submitted the judgment. And as I said, a lot of courts are taking two, three, and four months to even get them. So we'll submit them, they'll receive them, but then they get in a pile and it takes them two, three months, uh, sometimes four months to review, to get to them, to review and approve them. So what happens if you move in between that three or four months? Can you change your address? Well, the answer is no. And here's why. And here, what happened was <clears throat> clients of ours unilaterally didn't say they moved. You know, we had submitted the judgment, maybe a month or two had gone by. And then they said, Oh, Tim, I want to let you know, I filed a change of address with the court. And I said, well, that's going to cause your judgment now to become rejected because when we submit and when you submit your judgment, if you're doing your own divorce, if you submit your judgment to court and uh, you have to prepare the envelopes, you have to have the you know, postage paid envelopes um, for the judgment, for the request in or default, and for the notice of entry of judgment, and you have to put from the court to you uh, with postage. So those had already been submitted, and then they filed a change of address. And I said, "Well, they're gonna—that's gonna become a rejected judgment now because when they go to process, they're gonna realize that the address on the, all of the forms of the entire judgment, uh, including the envelopes, don't match the address for the court, and that just that alone will cause the judgment to become rejected." So. Fortunately, in this case, I'm saying fortunately, uh, they did not prepare the proof or the, the change of address properly, and uh, that happened to get rejected. And I said, okay, don't don't do that again. Don't don't file a change of address. So put a forwarding address if you move with the post office. If you find yourself in the position, do not change your address once you've submitted the judgment. It'll cause a judgment to get rejected. Just do an update, you know, put a change of address in with the post office if you have, find yourself moving after you submitted the judgment. All right, next question that came in. This person said, I filed for divorce and served my spouse. Now she's disappeared. Can I finalize my divorce? So this call came in last week and this happens on occasion. We're not usually addressing issues like this because we're handling clients that are amicable and cooperative and not, I think this person had intentionally disappeared to kind of avoid the divorce process for one reason or another. But as far as 
finalizing your divorce when the spouse has been served and then no longer available, to be able to do that can take two different turns. And it really is going to depend on how the petition was filed. So what this now is referring to is a default without an agreement. Because if this person is never to, to be cooperative or participating or respond or show up in court for any particular reason, that's called a default. And it, there's two types of defaults, default with agreement and default without an agreement. So this would, also known as a true default. So this would fall into that category of a true default. So in those particular cases, they are very difficult and challenging to get through the court if you have a true default, no agreement, where there's not a settlement agreement being drafted. So it really depends on how that petition was filed. So on the on the easiest, the easiest way this could go is if on the petition they listed there are no assets, no debts, you know, they're not requesting anything, and that was filed and that was served, then in that case, yes, you could you could easily finish that as a default without a written agreement. <clears throat> but if you did anything like ask to terminate spousal on long-term marriages, which you can only do by agreement, if there was a division of assets and debts you requested that were unequal, those are all going to end up in court. You're going to end up having to go to court um, for a default hearing. And because the person has been served, the court's going to have to make the determination of the division of assets and debts. If there's kids, that's going to even add another complication. Sorry about that. I cut off my uh, cut off my mic. I didn't mean to do that, but it's just they're very challenging to get through as a default, and you want to try and avoid that as, at all costs. All right. Next question: What is the difference between the marital settlement agreement and the judgment attachment forms? So, in short, the judgment forms. So, when I say judgment forms, so you if you filed your divorce, you, you know your summons petition, you served, and then you need to do your disclosures, and then you need to do your settlement agreement. Your it's also called your judgment, your divorce decree. It's basically just the terms of your agreement. So. When you, those are the forms I'm referring to, like the FL 100, FL 110, those forms. Well, the court also provides these judgment forms. So, this is, for instance, this is the spousal support order attachment. This is um, for uh, spouse support, whether you want it or not. This is an attachment to the judgment. So, this is one of them. There's also, um, you know, 345, which is a property order. Um, property order attachment to the judgment. And the combination of these forms makes up your marital settlement agreement. So as far as what the difference is, there really is no difference. The, the courts use these forms. They provide these forms because they have all the, the language and legalese already built in. And so all you end up having to do is check the boxes when doing your agreement. So for spouse support, you mark terminate or yes, I want it. You don't have to come up with some language or try and Google and find some, um, you know, online uh, marital settlement agreement that we've talked about in the past about not using. So we recommend you just use the forms. That does become your marital settlement agreement. And one thing I want to add to this is I'll tell folks, you know, did you have you, do you have a settlement agreement? They say, well, we don't have any assets or debts or kids. We don't have anything. So we don't, there's nothing to have a settlement agreement on. Even if there, there, there's nothing being divided, you're not listing any assets and debts, there's no kids, there's no alimony, there's no nothing, you still need to give the court a settlement agreement that you guys would sign. 
And again, the settlement agreement can just be the combination of the judgment forms. So you'd at a minimum, let's say there's no assets, no debts, no kids, no nothing, no spousal, no property. You still need a property order attachment to the judgment and you still need a spouse support order uh, attachment to the judgment. And why is that? Because you need the on the spouse support order, you need to mark no spouse support and terminate the court's jurisdiction. That is it. It's a three or four page form, but that's all that applies to you. There is no spouse support. So you have to let the court know one way or the other. If none, then you have to mark none. We have people that hire us for to finish their divorce who have reject after reject. And that's one of the issues that will come up is they're just using that FL-180 face sheet. And then they're not attaching what would become their settlement agreement terms using the forms. And again, 343, mark terminate if that's the case. And 345, if there's no property, then on all the lines, you just write none. But you have to include those in your settlement agreement or to make up your settlement agreement. Just use the forms. Settlement agreement does not have to be an actual, excuse me. It does not have to be a narrative. A lot of people think you have to use something like this and you don't. (coughs) Excuse me. You don't have to use something like this. We'll use this as an internal document if we have clients that have a ton of assets that don't fit into the forms because they only give you a little bit of space to do the um, to, you know, to list your assets and debts. So we'll use something like this, very simple, and attach this. But guess what? We still use we still use the forms, and we'll still attach the property order again because it has all the legalese already included. And then we'll just attach. We'll say in those boxes, see attached judgment attachment or whatever we called that. So, you know, settlement agreement, marital settlement agreement. So you don't need a marital settlement agreement. You just need to use the forms. Next question that came up, when would I use the request for trial setting form? So we aren't having to ever use a request for trial setting form. This form is used when you want to get the court involved in your divorce. So when you file for divorce, you file the paperwork, you get you get a case number issued. That's the extent of the court's involvement at that point. They're not going to set a hearing. They're not going to set a trial. They're not going to do anything until you ask them to. So where this form would come into play is if you guys are not amicable, you are not in agreement, and hence why we don't ever do this form because we our clients are all amicable. But if you need to get into court because you guys are cannot reach an agreement, this would be the form to file. Request for trial setting, it's a setting. So what that means is you've, you're have you saying, um, we, you know, I filed on this date, the response was filed on this date, and you can mark on there what the issues are. Is it child support related? Is it spouse support, property division related? You basically will file this trial setting and then you'll get a court date. And then on that court date, they're not addressing the issue. On that trial setting court date, they're basically calling the parties in to say, what's going on? Where are you at? Get an assessment of your case, give you some direction on what to do, and then set a plan of action, whether that's or mediation. They want you to have certain documents filed uh, by a certain time. Usually there's two or three of these settings that you'll go to, these hearings, before they'll actually have you go to trial because it's not the courts are trying to avoid people actually getting to trial. They're, they're pushing people into mediation if appropriate. Next question, the court self-help centers. Okay, this wasn't the question. So comments here. Oh, so this was the the uh, person I told you had called and we were talking earlier in the in the, in this conversation about 
the court's self-help center. So it says the court's self-help center nightmare and getting different answers each time being hung up on after 40 minutes. So in LA County, they have gone purely to a call in center for uh, self-help. So if you're going through a divorce, you're doing it on your own. You don't have someone like me, um, which I'd be happy to help you. We, we are a paid service. They are calling in to get help and they are, it's 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 their self-help service, but they're getting different people all the time. Um, we had some people uh, say they've been on hold for 40 minutes. Some people have been hold on on hold for an hour, only then to be hung up on. So they distinctly heard them pick up the receiver and hang it up. After, and that was after being on hold for an hour. And then the other issue is um, getting different answers. So obviously you're not getting the same person every time. And so Folks that became clients of ours, they ask their question, hey, this is what's going on. This is my scenario. This is what I've done so far. I don't know. There's I don't know if these if the folks answering the phone can see images of the documents of the parties and then can help them walk through that or not. But if not, they are just giving their best guess of where they're at and what needs to be done to finish their divorce. So in this one case, they called self-help after being hung up on after an hour. They called back 40 minutes later. Someone answered. They asked their question. They were told to give specific, um, to, to take certain steps, certain actions as far as what paperwork to file. Then they uh, became uh, confused on what to do after they actually went to do the form, called back, got someone else. And then they were told, they gave them the exact same scenario and they were told to do something else entirely. When before hiring us, I told them that both of those people are wrong uh, at the self help center, that they were giving them the wrong advice on what needed to be done uh, procedurally with their paperwork. One thing I want to add to that is just because it is the court doesn't mean they're always right. We are often um, correcting nicely clerks who say reject paperwork of clients or ours even and say oh, this for this reason or that reason. And then we'll say, no, this is, shouldn't be rejected because of this reason. And we are usually correct. Okay, next question. I've been trying to finalize my case since 2019. The judgment keeps getting rejected. So the judgment re the judgment issue is a big problem for folks who are going through divorce. When you are filing your paperwork, the court will take your money, stamp your petition, give you copies. You will file other forms, maybe your disclosures, maybe your proof of service. You will submit all these documents to the court. And you'll think everything is going just fine. Then you'll get to the judgment phase. You'll probably realize that that's the trickiest part. There's you know, probably 15 forms plus the settlement agreement that you have to complete. That's where people will get tripped up. The people that do continue on and try and finalize their divorce on their own and submit the judgment will have their judgment rejected multiple times. Half a dozen times is not unrealistic to happen. And the issue, and I've talked about this in the past, is the court's are not doing a full thorough review when you submit your judgment, they'll find one or two issues and they will reject it. You will fix them perhaps and then resubmit it and they will reject it for two or three other reasons. And this will go on and on. Like in this case, um, this, these folks hadn't, uh, their divorce has been going on since 2019 and, and this had been because of multiple rejects. Keep in mind, here's where the time gets added on. If you're mail filing your judgment and the judge and the courts are taking two to three months to review your judgment, which is average right now throughout California, you turn it in, three months goes by, they reject it, you fix the issues, you turn it back in, three months goes by, 
gets rejected for more issues. You can see how a year can easily go by. So again, if you're in LA County, we recommend you do the electronic fine. So at least it'll be rejected quicker. Um, but yeah, the courts are not doing full reviews, especially if they see that you're self-represented uh, and your paperwork's a mess. They are not going to review because that is not their job to tell you how to fix it. Their job is just simply to reject it and say what's wrong with it. And then you have to figure out how to fix it. So half our business is people coming to us that, that started their divorce and then they had went through multiple rejects and they finally threw up their hands and asked us to fix it. And usually we can do that very quickly, resubmit them and have them done in a week or two, at least with LA County. And then other than that, it still is that processing time with whatever county you're in, in California. So yeah, judgments can be a huge issue. The judgment package portion causes a lot of grief for folks. And again, with the self-help center that we were just talking about, not giving them the correct information on how to uh, properly do their paperwork and the long hold times and so forth. And if you're just joining us, if you have questions about uh, the paperwork, the divorce process, if you need help with the judgment being rejected, we are taking uh, live Q&A here. I, don't, I haven't seen any comments come up, but we have talked about several issues that have come up <clears throat> over the 10 years we've been doing this. So any questions, feel free to put them in the chat box. Again, you can do that directly through uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching us live from. Um, go ahead and ask your questions and I will answer them. We're not doing legal advice. Uh, our license doesn't uh, allow us to do that. But anything procedurally, forms related, um, judgment rejects, uh, reject letters. Um, you know, talking about reject letters, um, we've seen where People have hired us to, to fix their, you know, to finalize their divorce because they're being rejected. We've seen when the paperwork is so bad that they're not, you know, there's, a, I think, a four or five page judgment reject form. It's FAM-031 that the court uses. Probably a hundred different reasons your judgment can be rejected. It can be rejected because the judgment paperwork's wrong, because your petition was wrong, the proof of service was wrong, you didn't check a box. I mean, it's as little as it takes to cause rejection for when you're submitting your judgment to finalize your case. So with all those reasons, um, this the judgment form, <clears throat> excuse me, this judgment reject form, we've seen them say, instead of marking off any boxes and not say, it just says, it basically said, there's so much wrong with your paperwork that we're not going to review it and you need to seek legal advice. That's, they're just leaving them totally in the dark because it's the paperwork was so bad that they didn't have, um, the time to go through because the court knows, you know, when it's self, when you're self-represented and you turn your paperwork, they are, you know, I did that for 10, I didn't do it for 10 years. I've been doing this for 10 years, but prior to this, I worked for a law firm. Prior to that, I worked for the courts for the uh, LA County courts in the family law division. And I was the one that would approve or reject the judgment. So I know exactly what we see when they come in. Um, sometimes we'd want to cherry pick the, cases that were submitted by attorneys or by by legal document assistants like myself because we knew there was a 99% chance it'd be one we'd be able to actually approve. Um, but when you get them mailed in and it's obviously from people doing their own divorce paperwork, they're usually they haven't made the proper copies. They haven't uh, hole punched it. That's another reason your judgment can re get rejected if you don't two hole punch it. I mean, as simple as that. Um, documents not attached to the right documents, the package not being put together, not having the envelopes. I mean, honestly, we weren't looking for reasons to reject the judgment, but it's just we can't spend an hour reviewing your paperwork when we're working for the courts 
and then tell you all the things to do. Plus, we're told not we're not supposed to give legal advice, even with the court uh, working under, under the court's purview and rejecting judgments. We're not supposed to be giving legal advice, and that's why they won't tell you exactly what the fix is. They'll tell you your judgment's wrong for the following reasons, um, but then you have to figure out how to fix that. So that's that can be an issue there. And if you're just joining us, I see a couple of people have just jumped on. What we're doing is a live Q&A going over questions and problems people have with their paperwork in California related to divorce. So if you have a question, a judgment reject, um, you're stuck in the process somewhere, you need some procedural help. Again, we're not giving legal advice, but just um, helping you with some maybe sticking points um, with your paperwork. So if you have questions, feel free to ask them. And we're going to be trying to do this more often. We did one last week and this is the first one this week. We're hoping this will pick up because of the court self-help centers being so impacted. We were talking earlier about taking an hour to get someone on the phone, only be given wrong advice or then different advice. If you know someone going through divorce and they need help, feel free to have them jump on our live calls as well. If you are on our YouTube channel or uh, LinkedIn or Facebook, we usually plan these out about a day or so, or at least a half a day or so. So if you, um, if you like our channel on YouTube and subscribe to getting notifications, um, we will, uh, you'll get notified um, bef right before we go live. You'll get notified when we intend to go live. And then I think maybe 30 minutes before you'll get a notification. So if you had questions that you weren't able to ask in this particular um, live webinar, you can come prepared with your videos. So with that, um, I hope to see you guys next time. If you, um, I don't know if, who is attending these, if we're going to end up having other paralegals asking questions, I think it'll be very interesting if uh, other folks jump on asking questions uh, for their own clients. I don't have a problem helping you. So if you are paralegal or legal document assistant, you're handling divorce cases and you have a stuck problem uh, with paperwork, uh, feel free to jump on as well. I don't have a problem helping you. Um, but if you are doing your own divorce, that's what we're here for. And we do provide a full service. So if you guys are looking to have someone take over your case at any point from very beginning to being stuck at the end and needing us to take over, uh, we'd be happy to help. I can uh, play a little video here that goes a little bit about what our service looks like and how we help you. And until next time, take care. Going through a divorce is confusing and time-consuming enough as it is. Choosing someone to handle the paperwork and process shouldn't add to it. But all too often, that's exactly what happens. The process is difficult to navigate. There are mountains of forms filled with legal jargon and the courts won't help you. And think of the time you'll waste and the work you'll miss by going to court repeatedly. Since 2012, Divorce 661 has saved thousands of happy clients from the unnecessary stress and aggravation the process of completing a divorce can cause. Unlike trying to do it yourself, which quickly gets overwhelming, or hiring an attorney, which quickly gets expensive and then seemingly takes forever to complete, Divorce 661 is affordable, fast, and hassle-free. Serving all of California, Divorce 661 specializes only in amicable divorces. Our full-service legal document preparation solution is completed within days, not months, and allows you to work directly with us while we work with the courts on your behalf to finalize your divorce quickly. That means you never have to go to court, miss work, or navigate the complicated and confusing court system on your own. Save time. Save money. Avoid court. Let Divorce 661 handle the entire process from start to finish.
Schedule a no-obligation 15-minute at divorce661.com.